Today is Monday, September 25th. The Yankees had a winning week. They went 4-2 and two on the week. Won one series, lost another series. They clinched a wild card spot. They might be out of the East now. Some things are happening. The season is coming to a close. Let's talk Yanks. I'm talking I have an interesting fellow coming on after the break. His name is Jimmy James, John Boy, whatever. This guy went from like 300 followers to like 2,300 followers. His name is John Boy, the Yankee fan. All right, first and foremost, this will be a Jake-less show. No Jake today. He's in Utah with our other best friend, Nick. And uh, yeah, I wish I was there, but I'm flat broke. Can't afford that. Can't afford to go on a weekend trip where you got to pay for travel eat out every single meal, drinks. You're just going to spend a lot of money. I, 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 I do a lot of things that I make no money. This podcast, all the other podcasts. So sorry, Jake. Sorry, Nick. I'm not there. But I'm here. I'm hosting the show for you, Talking Yanks, like always, because I love Talking Yanks. Good week. I mean, tough week. Weird week. Weird week. Good week is kind of what I said. I think I said last episode, uh, I wasn't too much worried about Minnesota. I said we would have a walk-off win. We didn't. We swept them, though. That's awesome. And then we lost to uh, to Toronto at Toronto. And uh, I kind of saw that coming. I knew it was scary. We just played bad there. The Blue Jays are an annoying team. They have a lot of big swinging hitters, and we give up home runs. I don't know. So in the midst of that, we had good. We had bad. We had a lot of good. We clinched a wild card spot, which is awesome. The division race is kind of totally out of play now. That kind of stinks. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, I had my dad join me for awards. I called my grandma for some updates. I got questions. So we're still going to do a full show. Just no Jake. Just me. My dad and my grandma, though. They're fun. They're fun. If you guys watched the Meet the Family episode or listened to, I should say, you'll remember them. So six games. We started the week with a high May start, and we ended the week with a high May start. One was very good. One was very bad. What are you going to do? Savvy actually gave us a bad start in the middle. What are you going to do about that? Who cares? We move forward. We won that game. Move forward. Swinging bunts. Little squibber here. Swinging bunt. The mini storylines are really winding down. It's storylines very much coming to the postseason. Swinging bunts. That's what the segment we use about smaller storylines. Not really that important, but people are talking about them. Uh, the only one I have for, for this week is the we got the hidden ball trick played on us. I gotta tell you, a lot of people on Twitter instantly went to like, that's Bush League, can't believe it, worry about what what assholes, what douchebags. If you were one of those people, come on, come on. The hidden ball trick is awesome. It is one of the cooler plays in sports. It's just trickery. I mean, is it cheap? No, I don't even think it's cheap. Like, if, when I played high school baseball... I would, if you don't do the hidden ball trick every time, it's like Jeter holding the tag, waiting for him to lift his finger by an inch to get the out. It's the same thing. You just got to be smarter. Todd Frazier, he came off like an inch. It's not like he, it's not like he had no idea what was going on and just took his lead. That would be super embarrassing. It's not like he was just moseying around. He was switching feet, so he was trying to stay on the base. But in that gap, what are you gonna do? Cool hidden ball trick sucks. Sucks for the Yankees in that moment. I think Espada, Espada has to be more to blame. Like Espada, your third base coach, watch that shit. Watch the ball at all times. Getting the hidden ball trick played on you is just embarrassing defeat. Todd Frazier owned it afterwards, though. End of swing bunts. Gappers. And Jeter drives one of the gap in left center field. Uh, 
what do we got for Gapper today? Let's talk about the clinch party, clinching in general. Do you celebrate? Do you not celebrate? A lot of get off my lawn people saying don't celebrate. A lot of people saying that the old Yankees didn't celebrate clinching. They only celebrated like winning series. It's not true. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it exactly how it went down. The older guys, they celebrated, but they were kind of in the background. CC was dry. Gardner, not really there. Holiday, not really there. They've done it before. But the younger kids, Gary, Judge, it's their first year. I mean, fuck. Those guys should be celebrating, not a champagne celebration, but Gary Judge, their first full year in the big leagues. So even if they are on a losing team, go home and celebrate, man. You just played a full year in the big leagues. That's a great start. But you make the playoffs. It's all worth something in the end. I have no problem with the celebration. It's always going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. It's kind of at some point just a party to party. Like you're just celebrating to celebrate. If they win the World Series, if you win even like the ALCS to go to the World Series, those celebrations will be a lot bigger. They'll be a lot more wild. But celebrate, sure. Tanaka was having a blast. That was fun. Tanaka's a pretty fun dude. I think he's pretty loose around the clubhouse. He was in the background of every single interview pouring beer on people's heads. Didi's a great interview. Greg Bird was having fun pouring beer all over, champagne all over Meredith Morakovich. Canely was doing like some slip and slide break dancing nonsense that looked pretty. No one else joined him, so it was kind of like, oh, Canely. What the fuck are you doing, man? Stop. Party's fun. It is weird that we clinched and celebrated before Boston, but they'll celebrate when they win the division. They had a better than better year than us record-wise. I think our team's better suited for the playoffs. The best thing Boston has going for them is fucking win close games. That's a big intangible. Celebration was fun. I, there wasn't that many crazy moments like John Ryan Murphy last year. We got Judge dancing. A lot of the Instagram lives and shit like that was hard to keep up with. I was trying my best. Love a good party. I thought I was going to miss it. I didn't miss it. So celebrating's fun. Let's celebrate better later. Let's keep winning. The big stinky cheese is going to be wild card. Okay. It's going to be our wild card roster. Who's pitching? Who's playing? What's the lineup? What's the 25 man roster? That is the big stinky cheese. I am going to table that because I think that's the main talk. And I don't want to dig in. I want to stay on this week. So I'm going to throw it to the awards section with my dad. Here we go. Let's get into the awards for the week. And the award goes to... Okay, like I said earlier, Jake is having fun in Utah. So I got my father to step in in his place. He's got some awards prepared for us because we need to celebrate the week that was. Lost on Sunday, but it's still a winning week. So say hi, Dad. Hi. You're not going to call me Anduhar now because you're calling me up for one game. <laughs> no. Unless you go, you got to go three for four or whatever. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and do that. Try and make Jake proud of me, right? Okay. All right. I will go first. I will lead us off because I think the pride of the Yankees is a little bit of a, a cakewalk. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Aaron Judge. And for a guy who uh, is in the MVP race, you would think he should be the pride of the Yankees a lot more. I think he was doing so good at the beginning that it was kind of easy to say, okay, well, we can't like, it's like when you name your favorite Yankee, it's like, well, besides Jeter, but now he hasn't been around for a while. So Aaron judge pride of the Yankees nine for 21 on the week. That's a 428 average. So the average is up and the production is up five home runs, which puts him closer 
to the 50 mark or the 49 mark, which is the rookie record. Pretty crazy. And I know as Yankee fans, we're not supposed to really think about the personal records or anything besides a World Series. That's the Derek Jeter mindset, which is great as a player. As a fan, I think people adapt that a little too strongly and seriously these days. If he sets the rookie home run record, that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. I think we can all celebrate that. He's one away from tying it. Yes. Do you think there's still a stigma about McGuire holding that record? It's probably his first year. He was like a, a skinny rail. So probably pre-steroids, but there's still that little aura that he, he was on the juice. Yeah, I think his name is kind of tainted. Hopefully Judge's never is. But Judge is getting hot at the right time. We need him to stay hot. So proud of the Yankees. And um, even though those couple home runs were uh, quote-unquote garbage home runs on Sunday, if you hit enough garbage home runs, they suddenly become big home runs, and we were almost to that point. So I don't care when you hit them, Judge. I'd rather you hit them in close games. You've done it at a good amount anyway. I always yeah. – out of the 50 home runs, 10 were in to take the lead or tie a game. So. Yeah, they, it brought some hope, that's for sure, that game on Sunday that they might claw their way back into it when it got to four runs. Yep. Judge, good good week. Proud of you. Keep it up. All right. I'm going to talk about Judge a little bit later on another award. But my pride of the Yankee Award goes to Mr. Tom's River, New Jersey, Todd Frazier. And why you may ask, because stats-wise, he certainly didn't do as Judge did. But it goes back to that uh, foul ball that was hit during the day game that hit the little girl. And I, I think it showed... Pretty good character, not not only because, of course, he stopped and like any ball player would do, and most of the players kind of stopped during that game because it was a pretty devastating uh, situation. I think the girl was two years old. But um, he also, of course, followed up and called the dad to see how they were doing. I'm sure he'd probably help, offer to help out in any way he could. But he also openly made the statement that um, the Yankees should do something about the number of foul balls and bats. It was pretty a big number. Overall, that um, that the number of injuries that into into the stands that get hit by balls and balls and bats. Kind of interesting though is um, when he called the dad. I don't think people realize this. The grandpa's the one who took the little girl to the game, not the dad. So I can't imagine what that call home would be like. Saying, "Oh, I'm taking uh, your little girl to the, see her first Yankee game. We got great seats. She'll have a great time." So a little devastating phone call to make, but. Uh, I think Todd Frazier was a, a pretty uh, class act in the, in the complete follow-through that he did uh, after that incident. Watching that moment live was incredibly scary and kind of just bizarre to see a baseball game completely go away from being a baseball game. And it was just it was silent. It was a very human moment. Holiday was crying on second. The Twins players were crying. So the, that whole situation was crazy. And speaking of nets, everyone says it blocks your vision. You were at City Field, where they have nets. Yeah, we, I sat. I sat for the City Field game with uh, with your mom, and um, we were about thirty rows back. And really, it didn't distract at all from the field. Although I talked to a colleague of mine at work, who's a big Met fan, who I didn't realize that when I interviewed him. He pointed out though is that the closer you are to it, the more of a distraction it is. But I don't think they're going to have much choice. Uh, after an incident like that, that I, I expect the Yankees to do something. In fact, I'm surprised. I don't think they've made any statement about it, have they? No, I think they said they're like it's part of their plans in the future. But some teams have already come out and said next year we will have nets, and the Yankees haven't yet, so people are kind of calling for it. Yes. 
but uh, it was good. That was a good moment. And like Todd is a stand-up guy. I think he's proven that. This is the umpteenth time he's proven that on the field and off the field. He's a good dude, and everyone likes him. Even though he asked for O'Neill's number. That was that was a bizarre move, and and kind of if you put all of his uh, everything that he's done in the pinstripes, that that kind of is the outlier. Like, what are you doing, man? You can't like. I thought he. I thought he was doing. He probably thought it was out of respect for O'Neill, not realizing what the reaction from everybody is going to be. Like, no yeah. way. I mean. Anyway, let's move on to motherfucker. You Yankee motherfucker. These are the worst player of the week, or who we're most mad out of the week, or whatever. You can figure out what it is. Mine, very easy. It goes to Masahiro Tanaka. And that is because, not just because he pitched bad, because he's done that over the course of this season. His second half is still good, but his last couple starts have been not as great. Anyway, what I really didn't like was, and we figured this out the next game when Sonny was pitching, that is Joe had... Both Sonny and Tanaka, Joe gave them gut check moments, test moments. Like, let me see what you can do. You're in a hole right now in the playoffs. He's going to pull them from those guys. They were both in spots where they were tiring. They didn't really have sharp stuff. There's men on base, and you needed to get an out. Sonny got it done. He got his out. Tanaka failed miserably, gave up a grand slam. I'm surprised. James Vincent. John Boy. James <laughs> Vincent. I'm a little surprised. I'm, a, I'm surprised at your choice. How could you give him the MF award after the video, after they clinched, and he was like a, having the best time sneaking <laughs> behind people, pouring oh, – he's always so kind of stiff, and there's an interpreter, and he looked like he was having the time of his life in that. Uh, I thought you would uh, be a little more soft with him after his poor performance. Well, I did – I do love watching him, his antics in the dugout in the clubhouse, and he's always – he's got like an infectious smile. So, yes, I loved his celebration. If I was giving a MVP of the celebration, he might be in contention. But uh, a motherfucker for the week because that is – that's a spot you need a pitcher. Joe needs to say, I need you to, to know you can do this in the playoffs. Sonny did it. Tanaka did not. He gave up a 0-2 grand slam. And I've seen Tanaka bear down before. It's not like he's Michael Pineda where you, when the going gets tough, he runs away. All right, so who's who's left in the locker room now arguing with um, the manager um, about who's going to get the ball in the one-game playoff? He's now not in the room, right? Yeah, I think Tanaka's not in the room. I think Sonny's Sun, Sun, still backing out, Sun, although he's a little more fired up these days. Sonny's hanging around, and I think CeCe's in there saying, give that ball to Seve. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the mother fluffer, and I remind you, your grandma doesn't like it at all when you use curse words on the radio. But uh, we'll pass. So my mother fluffer is a little bit interesting. It goes to the Cali- the California Angels. Of Anaheim. Oh, yeah, that's right, of Anaheim. So why is that? Well, let me tell you, about a week ago, when we were about to play a three-game series against the Twins, I was talking to your brother-in-law, my son-in-law, who's a big Angel fan. And we said, okay, we're going to set it up for you now. At that time, I think the Angels were only a game or a game and a half out of the wild card spot. And we'll say, okay, we're going to take care of the Twins so we can have a nice little family rivalry for the playoff game. And since um, his wife, my daughter, is pregnant with my grandchild, 
I thought it would be a nice show of support uh, so that he or she, you know, was going to be okay if they wanted to be an Angel fan or even a Giant fan growing up. But what happened? Since that day, the Angels lost five in a row. They're like they're like three and seven out of the last ten. They're five games behind right now, the Twins. So this golden opportunity that we had set up for my son-in-law, Brett, they've miserably failed. So therefore, I have no support for my grandchild being an Angel fan. I am going to wholeheartedly be sending out the Yankee gear now <laughs> so that you have a much more enjoyable life growing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, we were going to have a nice little family game right there and the Angels. And I thought we, we, we really helped them out by sweeping the Twins. Miguel Sano, their best players hurt. I thought the Angels, I actually thought the Angels were going to pass them. And they, uh, I guess they, it didn't help that they played the Indians and the Astros. No, that didn't help them. Okay. Now on to our regular awards or our anything goes awards. Here's my first award it is the Go Get Your 100 award. And it goes to my man, Brett Gardner. Now, at the beginning of the season, Joe Girardi told Gardner and he told Ellsbury, I want 100 runs out of each of you this year. I want you stealing bases. I want you going first and third. I want you scoring singles from first. I want you running. And uh, Brett Gardner's answered the bell. Jacoby got hurt. Now he's doing good. But Gardner's at 91 runs. 91. I don't know what his career high is in a season. I think it's high 90s. I don't know if he's ever got 100 runs. But also on top of that, um, Brett's just having a really good season production-wise. I think it's most home runs, most RBIs. I think he's about to hit most runs scored. Uh, so go get it's you got you got seven games to go get nine runs, which is very hard. But I know he'd appreciate more than he would say he appreciates it. Go get your 100. Try your hardest. Do your best. Uh, at least get in the high 90s and all uh, good. And the other thing about Gardner is he plays an outstanding left field, and I don't yeah. and he plays it so crazy, smooth. Crazy left field. I mean, he. It's almost if the ball is in the ball. I mean, not only the catches he makes uh, in, in, against the wall. So uh, Mr. Clint Frazier should be watching the videotapes there. But anything that stays inside the ballpark, he seems to get. And then remember, remember, was it last week on how many doubles he prevented? Yeah. On hits to left field. So he's doing crazy. But do, Jimmy, do you think that um, do you think that Girardi might rest him though? With uh, now, I think he's a five game lead with the Red Sox. That he might give him a couple days off. Well. It's hard because we still need to clinch the first wild card to make sure we have home field advantage. But if Girardi starts resting dudes, Gardner is top of his list. I need to get this guy some rest. He's a little older. He plays hard. He's tailed out at the end of seasons in the past. So, yeah, it's a delicate balance Joe's going to have to do. Either way, if he doesn't get to 100, it's still a great effort and a great season out of him. So, little respect to Gardner. Okay. All right. So, my... Uh, wild card award. The first one is the thick skin award that goes to Mr. Aaron judge. And I'll explain why a couple of reasons, but he's playing in New York. And as we know, over the years, there have been more than a few players that came to New York and could not handle the the Yankee media and the New York media crowd. I'm sure he had to feel the pressure after the all-star break and during that whole slump that people thought, oh, you know, it's the half a season wonder. You know, one good half a season, that'll be his career. Um, and each time, of course, he struck out, he walked back to the dugout. I was still waiting for him at one, one point to do the Bo Jackson, snapped the bat in half over his knee. 
and he's come back. And in fact, I remember probably I'm telling you when he first came up last year, I thought he was going to be like Dave Kingman, you know, 10 strikeouts, one booming home run, high pop-up, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. I think uh, him and Tyler Austin both homered, I think, in their first game. And at that point, everybody, including me, thought, oh, here comes, here comes Tyler Austin's career. And uh, it's just amazing now how he's come out of that slump and his mentality really persevered. So talk about a thick skin. I think he's uh, held it together pretty well. And uh, this week, hopefully it's a sign of what's going to happen into the playoffs. It would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just to touch on the whole playing in New York thing. I know it's it's almost a cliche now. Like playing in New York's tough. The Northeast, the media's tough. And when you grow up there, you just hear it. So you believe it, but you don't really get it. Well, we've lived a lot of places. We lived in Illinois. We lived in San Francisco. So we've seen Giants media, A's media, Cubs, White Sox. And these friendlier places that aren't the Northeast, the beat writers are your friend. They want to promote you. They want to build your brand. They want to help you out. They spend all their time with you. In New York, they want to tear you down because a bad headline sells because New York fans and everyone here sees it on Twitter. There's people that want to hate you. And it's almost like they go into baseball like, what are you going to do for me? Instead of, I can't wait to see you play. I hope you do good. So the the playing in carries into the booth too, right? With uh, Kay and Sanchez. Yeah, I mean he you, he dislikes Sanchez, and for the stats that he's doing, and, and it's really it, it's his rookie season. And yes, everybody knows past balls or you know the beating that he's taken. It seems like Kay placates to the haters to feed them some information of why they should be upset with Sanchez. Yeah, very very annoying. I take it as my personal responsibility to counterbalance that whenever Kay says something or refuses to say something good about Gary. Why? Why do you do you like Sanchez or something as a player? <laughs> yes, I only custom made a hat with his nickname on it. <laughs> I, I mean, he's the best ke- offensive catcher in baseball on a landslide, so hard to dislike. Probably best arm too. Is he thrown out more runners than than most? Do you know? Yeah, he's up there. He's uh, I don't know the exact number, but he's definitely in the top ten caught stealing. I think your mother's coming around on him, too, good, finally. Good. Well, he's playing good defense, too, now. Uh, on Saturday, he had a lot of uh, good blocks on balls in the dirt. Romine's got to step it up to back in the beginning of the year because he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not contributing when he has those backup days like he did in the beginning. No, he's not. Okay. Um, my next award is the Keep Going Award. And it goes to Starlin Castro. And I might have given him this before because he refuses to run through first base and I said he was going to get injured and I wanted him to keep running and keep going. This is a different reason this time. He was in a huge slump. This last week he went 7 for 23, which is 304. So he's getting his hits. He got two hits on Sunday. But he's got no extra base hits, seven singles. So good good job, Starlin. You're out of your slump. You're seeing the ball. You're hitting the ball. You're making contact. Now take this last week of the season to start driving the ball. That's the next step. And then you're there. You're ready. So it seems like we got the formula going. One week, he gets contact. Next week, let's get some power and then be ready for the postseason. I'd like to see him step up a little bit. His, his name has not popped up from what I can remember on a big hit or even a key situation, you know, driving a runner in with less than um, with two outs or moving a runner from second to third. I'll take a couple of those, you know, home runs from his knees after he swings 
he's got a lot of big plays and a big hits in the first half. It'd be nice for him to uh, get a couple of key things down the stretch and get ready for the playoffs. Yep. All right, your next award. I'm going to go to a few people out there that may be from my era. I don't know how many followers you have, Jim, that are, you know, are over 50. But uh, you you know who my favorite Yankee of all time is, though, right? I sure do. Roy White, number six, Roy White. Played 15 years with the Yankees. And I'm going to give the Roy White Award out this week to an individual that I believe plays in the same sort of mentality that Roy White did. And Roy White would come to the ballpark every day during some crazy time with the Yankees, the Sparky Lyle, Billy Martin days, a lot of bad teams, but in the 70s they had a good run, uh, but it was crazy. But he always showed up to the ballpark, did not complain, stood there with his crazy crazy left-handed stance with his elbows tucked against his ribs, and he was a consistent uh, player that always found a way to contribute. And that goes to Mr. Headley. And Headley, of course, has got a little bit of a situation now with Bird looking like he's the regular first baseman. Frazier, of course, has got the low average, but his defense keeps him there third and his home run capabilities. And it looks like Headley right now is probably going to share a DH role with Holiday. And his attitude is just, what can I do to help? And he's going to show up every day and be ready to go. And at least I don't hear of any complaints. Uh, so I'm going to give him the Roy White Award for the week. I love Headley. I've been defending him forever. But even more so, he'll play in any spot. He'll be anywhere you want. He's playing baseball, like his actual performances, doing whatever it takes. He stole a base the other day, which, I mean, he's not fast. And that's just being aware and smart. They're not holding me on. I'm going to take off. And we needed a guy in second. It was a big, it was a big move. Before that, they shifted on him, and he bunted. Uh, I, I just love when he would do that. To me, there's some people that will just don't have the pride, you know, to do that, or they think, uh, you know, I'm a home run hitter, and maybe that's true with Sanchez and Judge. I, I don't see them necessarily doing it, but if you can do it, it kind of just spits in their face. And, and Headley's done it a couple times. Yep, I love it. And also, I don't think when Chase Headley steps into the batter's box, the opposing pitchers think, "Damn, Chase is in here," like he probably does with Gary D. Judge. But halfway through that bat, he's probably thinking, damn, what the hell's going on? Because Headley is just taking balls, fighting pitches off. You can see almost like physically that he just digs himself into the dirt and he's there to go to work. He's there for a while. So I, I like everything Chase is doing right now. Good. All right, you got a couple little uh, tidbits because, you know, you haven't talked about your boy Bird at all. Yes. It's, it would be very faux pas to not talk about Bird on Talking Yanks for me. Bird went 5 for 16, 312 on the week with a one home run, five RBIs, but the one home run won us that game, turned the tables pretty drastically in the fifth inning or whatever it was. And uh, so I, I couldn't find an award for Bird, but good job, Bird. Good good job, Bird award, or the, just what's called the Bird update. But I still love him. I really like his swing. If you don't like his swing, I think you're crazy. If you were questioning why Girardi kept putting him out there, I don't think you're crazy. I think it was a bit weird. I know that I have faith in him, but I was more in the future. I didn't think Joe was going to go this deep into the bird plan right away, but he's really saying, I need to get this guy going and doing it, and I think it's panning out. Yeah, I think Girardi, Girardi has seen what he's capable of doing when he was healthy, that whole preseason and what he did last year. So I think he's counting on the fact is once he gets into an everyday situation, that's the bird that is going to produce for him. 
And I think it's paying off, which is why I think he's putting him out there uh, as often as he has. Yep. I like it. Uh, my other little award that I wanted to give notice was the, did you just earn a wild card roster spot award? And that goes to Chasen Shreve, who has been pretty bad. He was, he allowed in seven of his last nine appearances, he allowed an earned run. This is a guy who pitches maybe one inning. So that's very bad. It's not like he's a starter, but he played against Minnesota who we're going to play in the wild card game. Savvy didn't have it, took Savvy out and Shreve gives us three scoreless innings as a lefty. So we don't have a lot of lefties. Uh, I think he may have just earned a spot on the wild card roster. So you think on the other end of the spectrum, Mitchell is definitely not on the roster? Yes, I think Mitchell is done. <laughs> Mitchell, I would think so. Mitchell has now gone. He's get, gone two games where he either doesn't get an out or only gets one out, but given up four runs. When Sterling says three times, "What a miserable time that you've had out there," <laughs> I think you're, you're going to be done. Yep. All right, but, All but right. good job this week. Listen, you see the picture now? So your fans can see the uh, famous belly rub of the babe that you did? Yes, in the old Yankee Stadium. Uh, Roger Clemens used to do that for every uh, every time he pitched. That's correct. Yep. All right. Thanks for having me. Hopefully Jake sobers up. I mean, he's back next week, okay, and healthy. <laughs> yes. But enjoy coming in. All right. Hopefully we win this wild card game. Otherwise, it's going to be very sad. Thanks, Dad. Bye, James Vincent. Bye. Okay, let's go into questions now. No, let's go into the question. Let's go into the big stinky cheese. Got some cheese, bud. Got some big stinky cheese. The wild card game. Now, I got questions from you guys, so I'll pick and choose when they go. Someone asked who's starting the wild card game. I don't know how you're still asking that. The Yankees basically set up the rotation so Sevy makes the start. So I think it's very obvious that it's Severino's game. People still ask. So, yes, I think Severino is starting the game. I think that's what Joe has said. I think that's what I would do. I know that's what I would do. It's Severino's game. Severino's ball. No doubt in my mind. Let's go for the wild card roster. 25-man roster for the wild card. And this might be tough to follow along because I'm just going to be listing names. I'll try to break it down as easy as I can. I went to the 2015 team and saw how Girardi crafted that lineup for the wild card and tried to match it thinking he'd do the same numbers again this year. In 2015, he went with nine pitchers. Nine pitchers. So definitely you have Seve. He's the starting pitcher that day. That's easy. Cross that off. That's one. You're down to eight pitchers left. Let's go to the bullpen. Chapman's going to be on there. D-Rob's going to be on there. Batances is going to be on there. Canely's going to be on there. Green is going to be on there. And Warren is supposed to be healthy. He'll be on there as well. Okay. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six bullpen, the vital bullpen guys, plus Sevy. That's seven. That leaves two spots open. So you're going to want another starter just in case Sevy gets hurt day of and you need to throw the next guy. So that's Sonny. So Sonny's on there. Now the ninth bullpen guy, you need a lefty because right now Chapman's the only lefty there. Is it CC? Do you use CC in a spot start in a wild card game or? Did Shreve earn a spot on the wild card because he went three scoreless against Minnesota like I just said with my dad? I don't know. Or do you go? does he go 10 pitchers this time with CC and Shreve? I have Tanaka not on the wild card roster. I don't think you need Tanaka on it at all. In 2015, Girardi had three catchers. Obviously, we know that three catchers allows you a lot more <clears throat> movability in extra innings. Say it gets to there. In 2015, Gary Sanchez had two big league at bats, but he was on the two, the wild card roster. 
So I have Gary, Romine, Kratz, all three making the wild card roster. Kratz may not be on there, and then you get 10 pitchers and only two catchers. I, I think it's very possible Kratz makes a wild card roster. Infielders, the obvious ones, Todd, Didi, Castro, Bird, Headley, Torres. Those guys are all on there. I also think Wade makes it for his speed alone. You need a pinch runner in the wild card game, put Wade there. That would be seven infielders. 2015, he had seven infielders. So I think those are our seven infielders there. Todd, Didi, Castro, Bird, Headley, Torres, Wade. Holiday will be the DH. Outfielders, Gardner, Ellsbury, Judge, Hicks, if he comes back and is healthy. And Clint Frazier, again, just for late inning, pinch running. Say we get a, say Chase Headley hits <clears throat> a double in late innings. Throw Clint out there. Have him run for you. Figure it out. Now that leaves Tyler Austin off the list. Now I can see... Joe just wanting two catchers instead of three, doing Tyler Austin instead of Kratz. Because Tyler Austin's a decent bat to have on the wildcard roster. That's how I see it panning out. Now, if you win and you go to the division, you're going to want like 11 pitchers. So obviously take Kratz off, take Wade off, then you're and put two more pitchers on. You put Tanaka there, and then you put... Who's you put Gumby there as your long man? Jaime, one of those two. That would be your division difference. Two more pitchers instead of Wade and Kratz, which means, or you go three more pitchers, but I think they'll keep Clint as a bench spot. We'll see. We'll see. My lineup, my lineup for the wild card is the first four are basically set in stones. Gardner, Judge, Gary, Didi. That's how it is. Castro's probably fifth. Bird, sixth. Headley, seventh. Ellsbury, eighth. Todd Frazier, ninth. Now this Headley and Holiday flip, if it's um, if it's a lefty on the mound, maybe doesn't look like it's going to be a lefty on the mound. Holiday didn't play the last couple games this week. That's what I got. I think Gardy, Judge, Gary, Didi, Castro, Bird, Headley, Ellsbury, Todd. Good lineup. That's what we've been rolling with. So that's my lineup. That's my roster. That's what I got. I think that's how it goes. All right. Now I'm going to get into some questions that people had aside from that. Indians or Astros? That's the biggest question. Who would we rather face? Say we beat the Twins, we move on. Who are we more comfortable facing? Let's see how our starting pitchers did against those teams. Severino pitched two games against Cleveland. He's got 13 innings against Cleveland with four earned runs on four solo home runs. Every run Severino gave up to Cleveland Indians were on solo home runs. So he had one game, six and two-thirds, three solo home runs. Another game, six and two-thirds, one solo home run. Those are pretty good numbers Seve has against Cleveland. Sonny Gray has played Cleveland three times. The first time he was a Oakland A, and he got schlacked. Four and two-thirds, nine hits, seven earned runs. Not good. I think he was still battling injuries then. The next time, came back, six innings, two hits, zero earned runs. That's a really good start. By Sonny Gray there against the Indians. And as a Yankee, six innings, four hits, two earned. So that's another good start. So his last two since coming back from injury this season have been good. So Seve and Sonny have decent numbers against the Indians. So that doesn't look good. Tanaka hasn't faced the Indians this year. Maybe that is in our favor. Maybe. And CC hasn't faced the Indians this year. Now, the Astros. Sevi and Tanaka did a doubleheader against the Astros on Mother's Day, if you might remember, and they both fucking stunk. Sevi went 
7.2 innings. No, we didn't. Is that true? Whatever. He gave up 15 hits and nine earned runs. I don't think he went that. Maybe he did two games. Maybe Seve did two games against the Astros this year. But he pitched on Mother's Day. And if I remember that game correctly, he got squeezed and then just lost it all uh, afterwards and got blown up by the Astros. I'm going to see right now maybe that's wrong and he actually pitched two games because I don't think he gave nine earned runs and took it to the eighth inning. I think I what I wrote down here is wrong. And I apologize for this stupid delay right now. So, yes, the first game against Houston that I'm talking about, he went two and one-third innings, six hits, three earned runs. That was the very bad game in the doubleheader. So then he faced him again, went five and one-third with nine hits and six earned runs. So Seve has two really bad starts against Houston. Sonny Gray, he's got one start against Houston here, five innings pitched, seven hits, five earned runs. So Seve and Sonny, bad starts against Houston this year. Tanaka, that same day as a Seve Mother's Day game, 1.2, seven hits, eight earned runs. Horrible against Houston. And CeCe has not faced Houston this year. So... From a pitching standpoint, it looks like Cleveland gives us the better shot since this year Houston has just crushed our pitching. So I don't know who I'd rather face, but that looks... Houston, you also have Keuchel, then Verlander, and that's pretty scary, the two of them. But Cleveland, you got Kluber, who won game against us and completely shut us down, and he is fucking impressive to watch. No, Kluber's got two games against us. We faced Keiko once, he's got he shut us down. Kluber, I think we faced twice, he shut us down. So are you more scared of Kluber or the Keiko Verlander combo? From these numbers alone, I think I'd rather face Cleveland. But that's not putting into play who's hot, who's not. I'd rather face the Red Sox out of all of them, obviously. I think I'm gonna go those numbers. The numbers support that our pitching does better against Cleveland, but scary either way. But also I I, I think we have a pretty deep lineup and a lot of guys that do a lot of things. You got Bird going to hit home runs. You got Chase Headley grind out at bats. Ellsbury's going to give you speed in at bats. Gardner's going to grind at bats. Judge and Gary are a threat to put it over the wall whenever. Didi's making contact whenever men are on base. Um, so as scary as other people are, and then yes, Severino's the same way. I mean, Indians fans probably looking at Severino thinking they're scary. So just see how it plays out. Next question: If one of our starters gets us through five in the playoffs with a lead, who do you think pitches in the sixth through the ninth? Well, I think you hope the starting pitcher can go into the seventh. I mean, Seve, Sonny doesn't go that deep. Seve does. Tanaka can. So, but yeah, if, if it's close game, Joe's not gonna Joe's not gonna let the starter linger that long unless they're really dominating. I think Green, D. Rob, and Chapman have the most trust right now. And you can go Green six seven, D. Rob eight, Chapman nine. You can bring Canley in to get one out. I think uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of green. Chapman's the closer. He's looked really good lately. D. Rob and Green are the the strengths. They are the knots. If the game is on the line, who do you want pitching hitting for the Yankees? I want Green or D. Rob in later innings, close games in later innings, pitching, savvy starting, Green, D. Rob taking the ball after him. I think. The order would be if you want Seve to hand the ball to Green, to hand the ball to D-Rob, to hand the ball to Chapman in the wild card. I think that's a good formula. It's a really good formula. 
Who do I like hitting in a spot? Didi's been pretty clutch. Chase Headley's been pretty clutch. I don't really, I'm not scared of anyone. Castro needs to get going. Judge and Gary have been, when it really comes down to it, haven't done like, you know, they haven't really <clears throat> got that big walk-off moment where you're, where they really grinded it out. Maybe they haven't, I'm just blanking. But the older guys, Gardner, Chase, I, I trust them to get, get something going. Will you still only do one talking Yanks a week during the playoffs? We want a daily one, even if it's 15 minutes each. Good question. Um, and in general, just a state of the union on talking Yanks. Since this is the last episode being recorded in the middle of the season. We have one week left. Next Sunday, when I record, when we record, that'll be after the season ends. And that's uh, exciting. But sad as hell, man, because I love Yankees baseball. I dove into Twitter this year, and I love talking to everyone, even though some people suck. Most people are pretty fun and understand the, the humor and the jokes and the just enjoyment of the Yankees baseball. I love doing the podcast. Uh, I like talking to you guys. I love doing going live. So then it's just going to come to a crashing halt. Like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I keep the podcast going? Will people want to listen if I keep going? I think the plan... First, I'll answer this question. During the playoffs, yeah, if I can, if you guys will listen after every game, just turn the mic on and talk for 15, 20 minutes, rant about everything that happened. I am uh, totally in for that. Actually, I didn't think about doing that. I think that's a great idea because, man, I remember in 2009 playoffs, I was in college, and I just read every word. I listened to every interview. I couldn't get enough Yankees talk. And if we go into uh, a series here, that'll be the same exact way. So I think I'm going to, I think that's a good idea. Maybe I'll put out a poll, see if people want that, if they'll listen. The other thing is once the season ends, the future of talking Yanks, I'd like to keep it going in the off season twice a month, once a month, definitely not once a week, twice a month, once a month, Whenever something happens, I don't know how I'm going to format it. I like to do like some baseball movie reviews or talk about sports movies, especially Yankee movies. If people are interested in that, talk about maybe like best of list, choose like some BuzzFeedy dumb shit like Jeter's favorite moments, favorite moments from this player, that player, two favorite moments from this season, that season, shit like that, which I would need you guys to suggest. So let me know if, if you're interested, if I keep this podcast going, if you would be interested in listening to an off-season one with, you know, sprinkle all the updates you can, which isn't a lot. Let me know. Let me know if you want me to do the, pl the playoff thing, too, after every game. That sounds like fun to me. What else do we got? Picked off next week. One game against the Kansas City, which is weird. Let's win that. Then you got the Rays. We've been pretty good against them lately. And then the Blue Jays, which I'm hoping we're just bad against the Blue Jays in Toronto. And we'll beat them at home. All the games are home, which is nice. We need we need home field advantage, like I was saying with my dad. That's important. So go out and get that. And then resting people is also tricky because if you, you want to rest people. You also want to keep, keep them going. Make sure they're going into this wild card game and division series hot. So that's tricky. But let's win. Just keep winning. We just need to keep winning. First series we lost was that series against Toronto. That sucks. Didn't like that. But I think that's all I got. I think that's all I got for uh, this episode of Talking Yanks. Oh, no, I have my grandma. I'm going to put put some uh, clips of what my grandma thinks about the Yankees, each player. I don't know. I love my grandma, so maybe you guys. You guys all got grandmas that you love, too. 
maybe my grandma's opinions will make you laugh. I think, I think it's, I think it's nice. Let's hear what grandma thinks. All right. I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Okay. Are you excited for the playoffs or nervous? I'm nervous because every time that they get to a point where it's good, then they start losing games. But I think they're going to be into the side where they're rolling on that one game. And I'm nervous about that. I don't know how well they'll do. Me too. I'm so nervous. I think I have to take off work because I won't be able to do anything. I'll just be sitting in my office nervous. <laughs> do you have faith in Luis Severino in the play, in the wild card game? Yeah, he's good. He was very good. I thought he was excellent when he played. And I mean, sometimes you're not going to pitch that well and there's nothing that you can do about it. But I think, he, you know, he's their best pitcher, really. I think so, too. I have a lot of faith in him. Who's your second favorite pitcher now? Is it Sonny Gray or is it Tanaka? I like Tanaka. I didn't see the beginning of the game. When I started watching the game, it was 1-4 already. So did he give out the two home runs? Yeah, he did pretty bad his last start. Yeah, and I felt so bad for him because when he sat there waiting for everything to happen, he looked so down in the dumps. I know that they feel bad when they don't do well, but... His whole face showed it, and I really felt bad for him. What about the hitters now? Are you, Do you like Judge better or Gary Sanchez better? I like them the same. I think they're both very good. I can't believe that they can hit so many home runs. And was it his shoulder that bothered Judge that he uh, wasn't pitching right? It seems like it. It seems like he, it was a little hurt, and he was favoring it. And now it's, now, it's, now it's healthy again, and he's hitting, crushing home runs. Yeah, that's what I have heard. Do you like hearing your voice at the end when you say go Yankees? I'm going to kick out of that. All right. That's it, guys. That's this episode. No Jake today. Hopefully Jake's back next week. Hopefully my dad. I thought my dad did great. Hopefully my grandma. If you don't like my grandma, get out of here. Get out of here. Let's win this next week. Get the heart rate pumping. I am nervous for this wild card game. I am very, very nervous. All right. All right. See you guys. Go Yanks. Thanks for listening. Rate, subscribe, review, follow on Twitter. Do whatever you want. Follow on Instagram. I try to put it everywhere. I enjoy talking to you guys. So thanks for listening. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. Let's go!